Oren Ellenbogen is an experienced engineering leader who is currently head of engineering at Fortran. He's also the builder and curator of the Software Lead Weekly Newsletter and author of Leading Snowflakes, the Engineering Manager Handbook. Oren, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Uh, do you have a bit more to share about yourself? spent most of my career in the startups uh, scene. Um, this is my, actually my fourth one. And I guess that in the past eight years, I find myself more and more um, enjoying the world of uh, building teams and companies just as much as building products and software. Um, so to be a great engineering manager, what are the main things you should be focused on? Probably there is a really long list. I don't want to touch some ideas that I might have um, that can be useful. I would definitely advise to earn your teammates, uh, your teammates' trust first. Don't take it as granted, because if you want to lead without using your authority, your authority as a manager, you have to make sure that you you know how to build trust with others, starting with your teammates. So figure out a way that you can earn your trust, maybe with your technical skills, maybe with your um, business understanding, maybe with a mix of of, of, you know, of everything, but. Don't take it for granted because you have a you know, title and everyone should be able to say. So this is first. Second, I think that as engineers, we have this luxury of a really fast kind of feedback cycle where we have you know code review and we have uh, and we can deploy the code and we can see unit tests running and we can see it running in production. So you have so many feedback loops. And when you're, when you're moving into the management board, uh, this feedback loop is kind of disappearing, right? Kind of feeling alone in this uh, journey where you don't really know the, the rules. There is no nobody teaches you in your science degree what it actually means to lead others. And I'm I'm definitely thinking of you should clear the path to getting more feedback. So I think that great engineering management uh, managers have good ways to bring in feedback. Rather than you know sitting at the dark and and, and just you know feeling alone this journey. Third, I would I would talk about uh, getting to know the business inside out. Now I know that many many engineers and engineering managers feel that business is someone else's uh, job, right? It's the sales guys, it's the marketing guys. Um, it's not my job. I'm here just to build software, and I just believe this is kind of a BS because. You can spend many, many, many days at the office writing software just to figure out, just to find out that nobody uses it, right? And if you're trying to protect your teammates, um, then you should actually really understand the business and think of how can your team, your engineers, your teammates um, help the business scale. Um, I've been working in a few startups where we build products, we build features, and eventually nobody used it. So we can say, like, we don't have technical debt, the software is great, right? But if nobody uses it, then what's the point? So figure out the business, understand the risks, understand the, the current capabilities that will help your business scale um, and how you can just you know convey the message to your teammates. Uh, engineering managers need to be able to switch between being a manager and being a maker, right? So but what's, the, what's the right balance of time to spend in each mode? It really depends on the size of the team and your experience as a manager. So if you have a really small team, like say one or two people, um, then probably you can spend at least 50% of your time still writing code. But I would advise to focus on feeling comfortable with your role as an engineering manager first. So if you're finding yourself always like shutting down and getting back to writing code all the time, that's kind of a red flag 
that means that you should probably just avoid writing code and focus more on the people aspect, on the business aspect, uh, and stop writing code, even for a few months, right? But you have to feel that your teammates are being productive and you're not being called to save the day every every day, right? Once you're feeling more comfortable with that, you can go back and write some more code. It can be difficult for managers to get time to code and focus on specific tasks. So what types of maker things should you own as a manager? I would focus on fixing bugs, um, dealing with nasty performance issues, uh, reducing technical debt, doing customer support is a good one, and also working on tools that will increase the productivity of my teammates. So the idea is like to keep your technical skills um, at a high level, so you'll, you'll be able to help with prioritization and make sure that you're part of the conversation where your teammates need you. But you should avoid to be on the critical path you say you should code review your management decisions. What do you mean by that? And why is it important? This is kind of a trick that really worked well for me. So I was referring before about the lack of feedback that we're missing as, as managers. So one thing that I try to say and, and, and think of is how can I take the concept of code review and apply it to management, right? So what happens in code review? You're talking about a dilemma, a problem, and you share it with someone else. You show them the code, the solution that you have, and then you have a discussion around it, right? Is it the right approach? You know, um, do you have some comments about the way uh, the code is written? Can I make it better? And in terms of management, I was kind of thinking to use the same thing, meaning I tried to capture one or two dilemmas that I had during the day. And then what I did is I had some peers in the company and I had my boss in the company that and then I would ask them, like, what would you do in this situation? Which questions would you ask? And only then I would say, like, how, how I handled the dilemma and the answer that I gave them. And we had a conversation around that. Just having a discussion around the dilemmas that you have can sometimes really open up the way that you're thinking and asking questions and also provide some uh, feedback. Because at the beginning, my boss always told me that, um, I'm tending to fix everything on my own. Like I'm tending to, to provide solutions too fast. Why just know, just ask more questions, let them lead the conversation. To get the, the best out of our teams, we sometimes need to push members out of, out of their comfort zones. How can you go about doing that successfully? Uh, I would start with setting an example that people can emotionally connect with. So when I was a manager, I had a lot of struggles, right? And I really tried, well, not the beginning because I was kind of, you know, kind of bad at it at the beginning, but later on, I, I, I shared my struggles with the team. So when things didn't work so well for me as a manager, when um, I wasn't sure what was the right path for the team or how should we deal with the technical debt or how to make prioritization inside of the technical debt, I, I just, I was just honest with, the, with my teammates and people saw that I was really struggling and uh, later on, when I talked with them about, you know, pushing them out of their comfort zone, just being able to relate to the way that I've been honest about my struggles, just made the conversation a lot easier uh, with them. And next, I would try to provide examples inside of the organization so they can see how it could be like. So, for example, if I want to push someone out of their comfort zone regarding the way they're communicating their progress, I would forward emails from other teammates or other teammates in the organization are doing a brilliant job at it and say, hey, like, look, this is a great way to summarize the status of a feature or the, or the version. So just, you know, just check, check, check the way he, he phrased, check the way that uh, he wrote it, see if you can pick a few things, and let's talk about it next time uh, on, on, one, you know, on, on our one-on-one -on -one and have a, have a discussion around that. So use someone inside of the organization. Uh, third, 
I would really try to focus on making sure that they understand that their career growth really means a lot to me. So making sure that they understand that I, be, I truly believe that if we're putting our people at, at, the, at the front, it will make everyone's life much easier uh, and much better. Make sure that you send them to conferences, try to help them prepare for um, uh, if they want to provide or give a technical talks, then just be their biggest fan and make sure that they understand that you know, you're, you're there for them. And this in the long term will help them and also help the company uh, attract uh, more talent. The difficult management task of scaling an engineering team, like you mentioned, you've had experience before, but doing that while keeping code quality high and developers happy, how can you go about doing this well? One thing that I would focus on is we usually have as engineering managers, we have technical leads inside of the team. So like this, these are the people who are, uh, you know, the architects or the technical leads. Um, so my focus on making sure that they are accountable for the code quality instead of trying to own it uh, myself. Okay. So most, most often engineering managers, they're trying to own everything, right? They're trying to own the people uh, aspect, trying to own the technical aspect, the strategy aspect, the business. And I think that what you can do is you can leverage the fact that you have great people working with you and say, hey, the code quality is something on you. Um, yes, I'm going to be here if you want to talk about, you know, how to prioritize things or to make sure that we have enough time to reduce technical debt. But uh, I don't want you. I don't want you only to point fingers and say, "Hey, you know, everything is really is really bad." I want to make sure that you're part of the solution and you're owning it. So this is first, and second, I would make it very, very, very clear that I take technical debt seriously. So that means that I would definitely say to my teammates that, "Hey, if we have no technical debt, then we're in troubles because." That means that we're just, you know, writing the code and actually probably no, nobody's using it because we're moving so, so slow that we only focus on making the code better and better and better. But probably there is no business around it, right? Um, if we have too much technical debt, then probably people just hate their job and live. So the thing is that you have to find some balance. The way that I did that is to make sure that every time someone comes to me and say, Hey, we have a problem here. We need to fix that. I write it down. I never ignore it and say, yeah, well, that's not important, you know, just. Let's continue. Uh, I make sure that I write it down. I make sure that we pick um, a few things that we want to work at every couple of weeks or every month so the teammates can see that they're putting in new technical debt and we're chewing it. We're, we're, we're removing it uh, every week, every week, every month. Um, so they feel that things are not being ignored and things are actually getting done. And on your one-on-one -on -one with them, make sure that you ask them, if, it, if they feel it's under control, because what I felt, what, what I feel about technical debt, it's really, really hard to measure, right? It's something that it's, there is no real, like, um, you know, we have no technical debt or we have 100% technical debt. When it comes to, to the feel that uh, uh, we have a problem in our, you know, the amount of technical debt that we have, make sure that you own these feelings by acknowledging it and paying attention to it. And that's for me, like 80% of the solution. So a, a common source of inefficiency and problems for engineering teams is lack of trust between engineering and the teams they depend on. How can you build trust with other teams? It might sound obvious, but although from my experience, very few do it, uh, is to share your plan for the, for the next few months and next few weeks with your peers. Talk about the constraints that you have. Uh, it may be people-related or technical issues, but make sure that you're saying, hey, like I'm trying to go you know, this way. But try to share it as much as you can with others 
so that they at least can understand, you know, what's the plan, where you're heading, instead of just shutting down and, you know, not saying anything. Second, I would ask for their opinion. Like, do you think that the prioritization that I have in place, um, does, does it feel that it sounds right? Um, do you feel that I forgot something? Do you see something that I, I'm not seeing in terms of the business, in terms of the uh, technical aspect that, that I'm neglecting? Do you hear something else from my teammates that I'm missing and, you know, they're feeling comfortable to share with you, but maybe they're not sharing it with me? So ask for your peers and your boss opinion about the plan that you just shared with them. Third is make sure that you're communicating the changes that you have in the plan. So let's say that you're communicating that, you know, for the next two months, I'm going to work on, you know, this and that. If things change and that's all right, uh, make sure that you keep everyone uh, inside of the, of the loop. So beyond the book, what resources can you recommend for those seeking to become a better engineering manager? There is a great uh, Slack channel that you can join by uh, Michael Lopp. Also, there is um, a wonderful blog post by uh, Jason Ivanish, but it's just filled with great, great, great leadership books. Uh, and lastly, it's uh, just a shameless plug. Um, I would add my weekly email, uh, software, software it weekly. Orin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.